Today on the Master Builders Elevate podcast, we are joined by Olivia Broadhurst. Olivia is a lady tradie and one of the few females in New Zealand that can call herself a qualified builder. Olivia always thought she'd be a police officer, but a chance meeting took her down a different path. Olivia gives us insight into how she got started in construction, what it's like to win an Apprentice of the Year award, and her journey from starting in construction to now being her own construction company owner. Yep. Olivia, welcome along to the Master Builders Elevate podcast. Fantastic to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining. Thank you very much. Alrighty, we'd like the audience to get to know you a little bit better, so I'm going to throw some fast facts at you. Are you a breakfast or a dinner girl? Um, I'm going to say, God, I'm almost a bit of both. It depends how I feel, but I'm going to say dinner person. Dinner, okay. And any uh, plans for tonight? What's on the menu? Steak. Steak. Oh, good, good quality protein. That's what I'd like to hear. Yep. No, I'm very organised with my meals. Good job. Alrighty, Olivia, on holiday, would we likely find you on the bungee jump platform or would you be lying on a uh, pool lounge or with a cocktail in hand? I'd say bungee jump platform. Nice. And have you, have you actually done that? Um, I jumped off the sky tower. It's not really the same. But... Right. Oh, it's, it's still it's still pretty daring, jumping off the side of the um, yeah, no. building. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good effort. It's, and we'll it's have... still high. It certainly, it certainly is. So uh, you don't, not too much of a drama jumping up on roof trusses, etc. for you? No, no, I thrive off being off um, high buildings. I did a roof today, so I really do like being up high. It's my sort of my element. Good job. And here I've got next one's an interesting for you. Would you prefer work boots or heels? Work boots. Good job. Alrighty, and the penultimate question, cats or dogs? Oh, I've got both, but I'm going to have to say cats. Oh, okay. We're we're on a, a minor downhill slide here, Olivia, choosing choosing cats. But yeah. the fact that the fact that you've got both, <laughs> you know, kind of keeps you in the game. So that's that's quite good. Um, now yeah, I've got Ru- two of each, though. So. Oh, really? Oh, well, you're like uh, just about Doctor Doolittle as well as the, as well as the builder. Just a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Hey, and tell me, um, routine wise. I mean, I know that most traders that are up and and early, but is naturally are you a early riser or a night owl? I'm a real morning person. Love the morning. Yeah. So what, what time's normal get up for you? Um, usually around, depending on what I'm doing, but like 5, 5.30, 6, sort of that time yep. usually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Similar, uh, similar zone for me. Uh, alrighty. And if you were watching a, a movie, would we find you watching a thriller or a comedy? Comedy. Comedy. Like a good laugh at the end of the week? Yes, definitely. Okay. And any, any standout recommendations that we should be uh, watching on the comedy? Comedy zone? Got a go-to? No, not currently. I can't think of any off the top of my head, sadly. <laughs> Just uh, some of those old classics uh, from, from a while ago? Yeah, I'd say so. Cool. Hey, look, Olivia, we're uh, so excited to have you on the podcast today. You're um, part of a small, unique breed in the New Zealand construction industry, and that is women that are um, qualified builders. So firstly, uh, congratulations on bucking the trend, on being a pioneer and, uh, you know, going, walking paths that uh, not too many have worked before you. So uh, admire you immensely for undertaking that. But wonder if you could start us off just by telling us how did you get started in the building zone? Okay, well, I it wasn't something I ever looked at when I was at college. I was always going to be a police officer, um, but they always told you to go get a bit of life experience. So I did a little bit of travel when I left school for seven months and I came home and 
I didn't want to go back and work in the supermarket like I did when I was at school. So um, when I ran into a school friend, I ran into her dad in the supermarket and he had a bit of building work for me to do. But just to fill in the time, I thought, well, that can't be that that bad, that hard. Um, And I just started from there and I worked for him for three years and he gave me my first apprenticeship. Awesome. And in those yeah. in that that very first week when you were doing that uh, sort of part time building work or filling in filling in time, you know what was it that you yeah. were finding at that time? Were there things that you just instantly enjoyed? Was it um, the aspect of like literally building and being able to stand back at the end of the day and and being proud of what you've done? Was it the camaraderie on site? What what was it that you remember at that time that was appealing to you? Um, well, I really liked being outside was my main thing. Like I was brought up in a farming industry and I loved being outdoors and like just holding a hammer and stuff. I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. I'd never um, touched any power tools or anything in my first week. He let me use a nail gun and stuff and I thought it was like amazing. <laughs> awesome. And uh, successful first use of the nail gun? Yes, it wasn't too bad. And like to this day, I still haven't shot myself with a nail gun. So I'm doing really well. You are do- you're doing better than most. And tell me, yeah. did, uh, was there was there other um, builders on site with you when you first started? Yep. Um. So I had the boss and just one other. He was like a, a hammer hand. Yes. Um. So it's just just the three of us, and so I started off in a small gang. Um. But I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Like it was quite quite an intimate sort of work atmosphere. Right. And you know, the the building industry is somewhat famous for its initiations and let's play a prank on the on the new person on site. Did they uh, did they play any of those on you? <laughs> no, they didn't. I was um welcomed with open arms and I suppose they were really nice to meet me for the first few months because they wanted to encourage me to stay, not scare me away. Yeah. Oh fantastic. When did you decide that this was no longer gonna be just filling in time before you applied for the police force and you thought that actually I think this is the career that I want? Well, I think I did about six months, Fred, and he actually offered me the building apprenticeship. Um, I'm not really sure why. Um he offered it to me, but I, I went away and thought about it and I straight away said said yes because I, I looked into it because I'd never even I didn't even know what B C I C O was. I had no idea. Right. So I, I looked into it and I saw it took four years and I saw the opportunity. I was like, well, I'd be silly to turn it down and that's why I did it. Yeah. And you went on to become, not only complete your apprenticeship to be, but also South Island Apprentice of the Year in 2017. So that's a, a pretty yeah. amazing, amazing feat. What um, what stands out for you when you think back to what led to that, uh, winning that award? Well, my BCITO instructor, I'll call him, he strongly encouraged me to, to have a go. Um, so I put a lot of effort into my application because I just wanted to have a really good good chance. Um, yeah, and I just he was just just the strong encouragement as well. And that was when I worked for Neil. They both um, strongly encouraged me to have a crack. Mm. And what was the actual uh, competition like for you? Um, I really enjoyed it. I found all the young guys were very uh, inviting. Also a little bit shocked because I was the only yeah. female there. Um, but like it was actually really nice to meet some of them, and they were all quite like fascinated in a way but also really really lovely there was no no one horrible there it was really nice brilliant brilliant and for you being a female and obviously a male dominated industry have you found that's been um a challenge for you have you found that it's been something that you actually just don't really give that much thought to you just kind of think about it as you're you're one of the workers just like anyone else how do you how do you think about that being a um, you know, the the less represented gender in an industry like construction? Well, I, I've never really put a lot of thought into it because I don't really notice it as such. Um, yes. I've always been surrounded by very accepting people. 
I do know there are people out there that do have trouble, but um, I find because I've been doing it for seven years now in the same area that pretty much everyone knows who I am, so it's just I'm just one of the guys. Sure. <laughs> well, one of the guys, I like I like that. Um, maybe yeah. maybe uh, you shouldn't uh, lower yourself down to the um, standard of guys. I think uh, staying on that uh, no. <laughs> uh, a high level is a, is a better place to be, but I uh, totally understand what you're saying. You just see yourself as one of the workers, um, your environment, and yeah. um, that, I think it's a great way to handle it. My uh, sister has worked in a very male-dominated area as well, and, and she says she often gets asked, you know, oh, what's it like being the only woman in the room or, in your case, the only woman on site? And she's like, look, I don't even really think about it. I'm just here. I'm, I'm here to do the work. I uh, back my capability and I get in and get it done. And it sounds like you take a similar approach. Yes, I 100% agree. That sort of, I think that going by that philosophy, it makes it easier for my work environment. If I thought about it all the time, I'd probably wouldn't have got this far if I was paranoid yeah. about what people yeah. thought about me, whereas I just, I fit in and it, it makes it easy and yeah. Totally. Brilliant. And um, did you at any stage revisit the, oh, I think I still want to be a police officer or have you uh, just fallen in love with construction and never really given the police another thought? Where's that at? I, I did think about it a couple of years ago after I was qualified. Um, but then once I sort of stepped out on my own, I sort of came into my own. Like I enjoyed it. A little bit more like having that freedom and running my own business I thought it like I wouldn't leave it now yes yeah great and look yeah, I, it just it opened up so many more doors absolutely and and I think uh, Olivia you've got plenty of uh, scope left should you choose to revisit the police at any stage I see that New Zealand's um, oldest police graduate graduated this week a female and she was 57. So uh, there you go. Oh, if you, wow. you've, you've got uh, you've got a few decades ahead of building before you have to worry about whether you've uh, given up on and being a police officer at some point. So um, it's yes, great to well, see. Um, yeah, I, I might do it when I'm like getting close to retirement. Maybe you know when I'm when I'm in my 50s, I might might have a crack then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sounds uh, sounds good. And tell me, what's the uh, reaction? You're out in the social situation. You don't have the tool belt on, and someone says to you, "Oh, Olivia, what do you do for a job?" And you say you're a, um, do you say you're a builder? Do you say you're a construction business owner? How do you, what I kind usually, of responses do you get? Okay, well, I usually will just say like, oh, I'm, I'm just a builder. And people will be like, just a builder. They're like, God, that's amazing. Like, you can't just be a builder. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I would absolutely endorse that, those people's response. I don't think you should be ever putting just at the front of that, uh, that term. I think it's a, it's a proud and honourable profession that's been that way for uh, centuries, and you should be very proud that you're a, you're a builder. Never never put just at the front. Um, so after you, after, you, after you've told them that you're you're a builder, are they are people normally surprised? What are what kind of reactions do you get? I'd say surprised, and but probably the biggest thing would be like fascinated. Like then I get lots of questions about what do you build and where do you work and what do you do like. Yeah. And and have you had um, other maybe young females that were where you were seven or eight years ago thinking about leaving college and uh, evaluating what they could consider? Have you talked to those kind of um, girls that are and maybe given some guidance for them? Have you been able to surprise a few of them and open open some thinking for them? I haven't approached, like I haven't found many women that actually want to be builders. I found more that want to be like electricians and um, but I still give them a bit of guidance, like a bit of encouragement, because I think any trade is fantastic. And I do know that building isn't for everyone because it is a very physical 
um, job. But yeah, so it's a bit hard to find women that actually do want to do it. Mm. But I think once they have a bit of experience, like I've given quite a few just local women a bit of experience and just a fill-in job for a while, and they've all really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Have any of them stayed on with you and, and progressed through through more experience? No, they haven't, sadly. But like like I said, it's not for everyone, and they yes. have just used it as a little fill-in. But they've enjoyed like learning to use the power tools and just do sure. things that they, they haven't done before. Mm. So it's not because you're uh, too hard a boss on them, is it, Olivia? No, no, I have a regular employee and he loves working for me. I'm a nice boss. <laughs> oh, good to hear. I, I didn't think that would be the chance, but I thought we'd be able to just clear that up for the audience. <laughs> no, no, you, well, you never know. You don't know. No, I, I do like to treat my employees as equals. Like we sort of, I'm not like the boss. When people come on site, they don't even know who the boss is because we all are treated the same, which I think right. is really how it should be. Mm. Sounds like a uh, good way to build some uh, excellent culture in the business. So uh, I like that approach. Yes. And tell me, yeah. are you? Uh, you mentioned some of those other trades uh, like sparkies and kind of thing. Are you um, in your environment? Are you now starting to see a few more females coming into to those trades? Are, are there more females on site now? Definitely, I find there are, uh, particularly in painting. I've noticed there are a lot more women, which I think is fantastic. And um, just locally, we do have one drain layer and a wonderful electrician who's qualified now, um, and she's a, a nice friend of mine. So it's really cool to have them out there. Absolutely. And uh, big ups to the drain layer, because that's uh, about as hard as work gets, isn't it, being a drain layer? Oh, definitely. And her father um, does it. So she's sort of been brought into the trade, and she would have been doing it within like three, at least three years now. And it's, it's wow. just so nice to see them out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's, that's brilliant. Okay, and tell me, what's your observation of you know the differences in gender in the construction context? Are you finding that you um, approach certain aspects of building differently? Are you finding, and I know we're talking in generalizations here, but do you find that maybe there's just different ways you approach things for you know better outcomes or any experiences like that you could share with us? Well, they, pro- they probably are, but I think, to be honest, I probably do approach it just like everyone else possibly because I have been taught by men. Yes. Um, But I do know, like, throughout my apprenticeship, I definitely spent, according to my BCITO men, I did spend a lot more time on the paperwork and writing things down. Like, my sentences were, like, paragraphs, whereas the the men would put just little sentences, like one-word answers. I put a lot more detail into my written work. Yes. So the the boys were doing uh, the lazy couple of bullet points while you were actually articulating what was going on. Yeah, like if it. I was writing paragraphs and had pages full of just random mm. stuff. It probably didn't need to be there, but. <laughs> oh, look, I'm I'm interested to explore that a bit further. Are you finding that now that you own your own business, I imagine uh, part of your strength is your communication skill? Have you had feedback from uh, customers that you they really appreciate your communication, or have they noted that your communication is maybe different to people have dealt with previously? I think so. I think I'm quite um, efficient in my work and my organisation. I do like to um, obviously contact people quickly and I like to get their jobs done within a certain amount of time, especially the smaller ones. I think clients are very grateful that I can do things a lot a lot quicker, like get it tied in a lot quicker than other builders where you have to wait two or three months before they even come and look at the job. I'm yes. I like to look at them almost on the same day when people ring me. Right, awesome. And then uh, complete them on time, on full, and full on budget. Is that is that how you roll? Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, so that's definitely how I like how I like to do things. 
I, to, I, I can imagine there's some people out there going, oh, I think we need uh, Olivia's number, so why don't we get that in there right now or contact you? How, how would if people, well, firstly, tell us the area of the uh, country you're in, the types of work that you uh, specialise in, and then how could people contact you? Okay, well, I'm based in Marlborough, so like Blenheim. Um, I prefer to do rural work. That's just something that suits me better, and I am doing at the moment. I'm focusing more on sheep and a lot of fences at the moment and just things like that, like more the small jobs that I get done quickly just to keep the money flowing in the early stages of my business. Um, Mm -hmm. And also you can, my business name is Olivia Broadhurst Contracting Mm -hmm. and you can find me on Facebook where all my contact details are or Instagram. Fantastic. And look, we'll uh, we'll grab those and put them in the show notes of the podcast so people can um, link to you directly on, on Facebook and connect with you that way. That's uh, that's brilliant. There Wonderful. we go. A little, little, little bit of a, um, insert the um, advertising space right here, Olivia. So that, that was a good result. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Let's uh, explore a couple of other um, areas. What do you feel like you've learned about yourself as an individual working in the construction industry? Um. It's just amazing to see how, or sort of now, like how you can develop your skills so quickly, like at the start, um, using tools and things, like it was so hard to cut anything straight, whereas (laughs) now I wouldn't even think twice, like you can cut something and it's always square and always the right measurement and just sort of developing how to use tools and things is my favourite thing to learn. Like I was terrified of like skill saws and the sharp blades and even like chainsaws because we're using a bit on sheds. Um, just those skills that no no one else can do. Brilliant. Okay. And when you think back to some of the things you learned with uh, Fred and Neil, your your first couple of employers, is there um, things that you learned from them that stand out for you? And I'm probably more interested um, not so much in the aspects of like knowing how to use a skill saw properly, um, but maybe things they uh, taught you about how to solve problems or how they taught you how to deal with customers or other people on site. Is there any of those kind of learnings from observing or um, being guided by those people that you recall and stand out for you? Definitely, when I worked for Neil, because we did more sort of high-end um, renovations, I learned a lot about because the plans were so complicated. I learned on his jobs how to read them properly yes and sort of how to bring bring that picture to life because we did have some very complicated uh, renovations and of course renovations it was learning how to deal with what you can uncover because you never know what you're going to find <laughs> absolutely all right nothing's ever square when you do a renovation you're talking about um it's nice to be able to cut things square oh, but when you're doing a reno nothing's gosh, ever square no. so always uh always trying to figure, figure out how to how to bring it all together yeah, no, I 100% I've been in that situation far too many times. Brilliant. Um, anything else that you, you recall again that um, stands out for you from you know, or any aspect or time in your in your career that um, learnings that you know you reflect on now and go, they were, they were such great things to learn? Um, it's been good to work with several different employers to learn how to um, sort of manage stress and things with that as well. Because um, I find I work with two very different people, like one slightly more highly strung and one more relaxed. And it sort of like taught me how to approach situations, how to stay nice and calm, because obviously it can be a very stressful working environment. Yes. And it's just been good to watch from the outside and learn how to how to deal with situations. Mm. 
And we are probably all aware of the uh, terrible um, suicide record that the construction industry has in New Zealand. And um, we're always interested to learn how people manage the stress that they, they face in working in construction. And, you know, whilst there is dire statistics, there are some really great things happening in the in the industry. So it's good to see some positive action being taken. Uh, but from your perspective, Olivia, what do you do to um, maintain your mental wealth and, and um, well-being? I think it is very important to, to take time out when you are stressed. Like I found with particular clients, I will get a lot more stressed depending on what I'm doing. And just sometimes I have to take like take a long weekend and have a, have a proper break and just step away and have a bit of time. And I do find obviously that physical activity, like I, I do run most days, just that little outlet just to help me yes. relax. But like I, I can tell when I, I just need to take an extra day off. I just need a wee break. Mm-hmm. And how do you manage that when you can see a pipeline of work in front of you and you've made uh, promises and commitments to clients? How do you rationalize that in your own mind about going, you know, actually the most important thing now is to look after me? How do you think about that? Yeah, well, th- this year I've made my new New Year's resolution is to actually learn to say no. If I if I don't have the time or the resources to do a certain job, I will actually say no. And it's been a really hard thing to learn how to do. It is hard to let people down. Yeah, I, look, I totally hear you, and it's a journey that we see many business owners going through. Because when you start your business, uh, uh, every dollar looks like a good dollar, and you've got uh, not only your income that you're trying to uh, plan and execute, but also people working for you and other sub trades that rely on you, and you're you're trying to um, manage that. So every dollar does look like a good dollar, but it's uh, fantastic that you've reached that zone of um, being able to to say no. And um, you know, I don't think you should ever feel bad about that because you're not you're not letting the person down. They've just simply said you could do something, and you're making an assessment of whether you've got the resources, the time, the capabilities to deliver on their their job, and you're being open and honest with them. It's I think it's far far better outcome to tell someone no up front than to tell them yes and then like you say uh, some sometimes not come back for several months and have their timelines and budgets blow out on their projects because you went up front with them so I think you're uh, handling that in exactly the right way. Yes yes and it has been like a bit of trial and error because sometimes I have said yes and then I've been like I should have said no um, but I'm definitely because there's only so much I can do uh, work-wise like if we're overrun a bit I just have to say no and it's it's working a lot better this year. It's it's, it's working out well. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're uh, doing very well with your New Year's resolution. So good good job. You're uh, you're almost a quarter of the year through the year already, and you're uh, you've managed to hold on to it. So keep keep that one up. And yes, tell me, I'll Olivia, <laughs> your um, aspiration for your business. I'm I'm interested. Um, firstly, tell me about uh, why you decided to go out um, on your own and create your own business rather than continue working with someone else. What was what was your thought process and motivations there? I just sort of felt like I couldn't climb any further in the business, which is fine. Everyone gets to that certain point where they're, you know, I was at my maximum where I was in the business. And I just felt like if I went out on my own, I'd have a little bit more freedom and just the chance to pick the jobs I want to do rather than do the not-so-fun jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> that I didn't enjoy doing as much and yeah. focus on the bits that I prefer. Like I... I enjoy working really and building a lot of sheds. I love doing decks and fences and I like doing the old bathroom renovation. It's just given me the freedom to pick what I want to do. Great. Okay. And what's your aspiration for the business? 
do you, do, do you think you'll continue to employ more people? Would you like it to grow? What are you thinking? Um, personally, at the moment, I don't want to grow any bigger. I've got one employee where he actually contracts to me. Mm-hmm. It's quite an easy work environment at the moment, and maybe in the future, not this year, after all this COVID thing's gone away, I would possibly look at getting an apprentice. Yes. That's awesome. And I, nice don't, that. I wouldn't want to grow... Yeah, I don't want to grow too big. I just want to take things slowly because obviously getting an apprentice is a massive responsibility. It's basically like having a child. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I want to want to make sure I'm financially prepared to look after them and take them through their apprenticeship. Oh, brilliant, Olivia. I love your uh, sentiment there. And I think it's so rewarding to hear someone that has been uh, given that gift by a, a previous employer that um, was it Fred that yeah. gave you that first uh, apprenticeship opportunity and then for you to be prepared to, to reinvest and it's that thing that we, we know that industry is just very, very short of quality people um, and that yeah. uh, all the all the work the industry needs to do to help bring more people on and it takes business owners like you to um, yeah be prepared to, like you say, take on that extra child. Um, and I'm yes, sure because they do need a like care and commitment along the way because I've seen far too many apprentices not finish their apprenticeship and it's just yeah. it's terrible to think that they get almost to their time and they just say that they've just had enough, can't do anymore. It's, yeah. It's it's yeah. quite sad really. Yeah, it is a it is a real shame. And look it is good to see uh, some of the initiatives through BCITO um, trying to encourage more females into the into trade apprenticeships. Um, so it's not only um, good to be doing, uh, you know, helping apprentices, but certainly bring more females to the industry is uh, fantastic as well. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's fantastic. And do you think you'll have a uh, preference when you bring on an apprentice? Do you think you'll have a preference for a male or female apprentice? Um, no, I'm not going to be picky. If I find the right person that is enthusiastic, because I know it is hard these days actually to find a young person that wants to get out there and be hands-on, I'm mm. trying to be rude. Um, that it is hard to find the right person, so I will not be biased. I will take on anyone that actually wants to be at work and be out there. Great. Okay. Very good. So um, it's. I know. I understand it's a little while away from you, but there might be some people that are listening to the podcast that are uh, interested. So maybe they could contact you on on Facebook and and let you know that when the time is right for you, they'd be interested in talking to you. Oh, definitely. If there's anyone young that is, even just to have a couple of days work experience, I wouldn't mind. Especially um, young people that might still be at school and not quite sure what they want to do. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, it's, and that's a, a fantastic opportunity to be able to go and get a bit of experience and see what the environment is, is like. I think that's such a challenge for anyone as a, as a school leaver as you try to um, sit there having had very little experience or exposure to the types of roles or jobs you might want to do and you have to try and make a decision about which path you take so to have the opportunity to actually go and experience it firsthand is a fantastic opportunity. Yeah I think it is quite important because that's how I started just with a bit of experience just something to do for a bit and it just you know you don't know till you try if you like it. Mm. And Olivia, tell me what's your um, things, that, some things that you're observing in the, maybe the construction industry that you'd you'd like to see done better. Um, and I'm you know, very broad thinking here. Um, I'm sure you see areas that could could do with some um, improvement. What uh, if you could wave your magic wand around around some things? What do you, what would you change? I think the one thing I have noticed, and even with myself, this is health and safety related, is that people do not wear earmuffs enough. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a bit of an interesting subject, but I, like, I've noticed even now, I suppose I've been doing it seven years, but I've noticed that my hearing is deteriorating slightly. Yeah. Um, and at the age of 26, I'm very disappointed in myself for actually not trying a little bit harder because it's, it's like a lazy thing. I know my earmuffs are over there, but I don't go get them. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a uh, yeah. that's brilliant insight. And I um, unfortunately see the other end of that uh, process where my dad now, who worked in construction as a builder for a very long, long time, um, has some real hearing yeah. challenges now, and I'm sure a uh, huge contributor to that is uh, you know the use of power tools and um, doing the old "she'll be right" attitude. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, the um, the the few steps to walk over to the uh, sawhorse and grab the earmuffs is a, a couple of couple of steps that will stand you in good stead. Yes, no, definitely. I think health and safety in New Zealand. I know they're pushing for it, but it is hard to actually get people to follow those rules and not stand on top of the, the three-step ladder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, good uh, good, good guidance. Um, Olivia, in closing, is there anything else you would like to like to share with the, the audience? Um, just anyone who would like to have a crack at building, I think if you can just even ask any builders out there, just even if you could do a little bit of work experience just to see if you'd like it. Um, and obviously... There are employees out there who aren't as nice as me because I'm really nice. But even in those hard times, just just to keep pushing through it because there is it, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like when you finish your apprenticeship, apprenticeship, there are so many doors that open for you, like myself, where you can go out and work for your work by yourself, and yeah, you might even end up starting up your own company. Exactly as you have done, Olivia. And uh, again, congratulations on your. Uh, journey so far and I'm sure we're going to uh, see a, a, some great things come from you and your your business. Uh, we look forward to the opportunity to re-interview you when you've um, not only been you know apprentice of the year but maybe builder of the year and then um, do, they, do they have a shed of the year category in, in the um, house of the year? So maybe we'll see you as winner of that, that division of the uh, awards as well. It would be nice because I've actually built some absolutely incredibly beautiful sheds that you wouldn't even know it was a shed. I've done some pretty fancy ones over the years, so they're a pretty cool section to enter. (laughs) Okay, so we better go to your uh, Facebook page and and Instagram to have a look at some of those sheds. Um, So tell me, what are your your, um, contact details, Facebook and Instagram? Uh, It's just Olivia Borges Contracting or Olivia Borges Building. I'm pretty sure it's one of those. Okay, we'll track down the right one and make sure that it's in the uh, show notes so people can easily um, find those and go and have a look at some of the amazing sheds you've been building. Hey, Olivia, would like to thank you so much for sharing your time with us, giving the insights. Again, congratulations on being a bit of a pioneer in our construction industry, and uh, we hope that your uh, insights will encourage others to take a similar path. So, hey, nice one, Olivia. Thanks again, and um, have yourself a fantastic weekend. Awesome. Thank you. You too. Okay. Thanks. Bye.